The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. Thanks for tuning in again this week. Great to have you with us. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is my home base. So glad to be here with you. I am looking forward to this week's conversation with my guest, but before I bring her on, let me thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. If you're not familiar with them, Jobbing.com is the leading locally focused job board in the nation. They are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard and giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. Appreciate their partnership. Thank you, Jobbing.com. For this week's conversation, we have with us Lauren Midgley, who is a business consultant, author, and powerhouse professional speaker. She started her company, Courage to Succeed Consulting, in 2010 after a 25-year career with two Fortune 500 companies. She is a longtime observer and student of why some people are successful and others are not, and has learned productivity plays a huge part. She recently released her third book, It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind, 30 Strategies to Get Caught Up in a Crazy Busy World. Lauren, it's a pleasure to have you with me. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Elise. I'm glad to be here. Can't wait to get started. Me too. And, you know, productivity is certainly an interesting area for me. You had my attention the moment we talked about productivity. I am very intrigued by it. And frankly, I hope to learn some really fantastic things myself from you today. So we'll jump right in. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so first, just a little bit. I mean, you are one of the busiest women that I know on the planet. So maybe you could just start by telling us a little bit about kind of what you're focused on these days. What are you putting yourself into? <laughs> well, what I'm focused on these days is uh, continuing my getting uh, engagements on my speaking career. So I look to speak at conferences and uh, companies that are looking to improve their productivity. So I'm focused on you know my website, my social media, my brochure, my phone calls, you know, on a daily basis to get business. And all of that just geared to building my business. So I, I very, I'm very focused on what is it I need to get done in order to get results. Okay, let's talk just a little bit more about that because I know a not a ton of people, but an, an awful lot of people who also are in a capacity much like yours where they are working for themselves and sometimes have a support team, sometimes don't. And you know, it's really hard to be productive and keep all the balls in the air and keep everything moving. So can you say a little bit about kind of how it is do you gear all these activities? How do you keep all the balls in the air and keep things moving? Well, and how do you keep it all straight, right? Right. So, um, it, so part of it is really, uh, I, and I'll talk a little bit more as we continue our discussion, but it's 
relates to my calendar, my schedule, my mindset, my productivity mindset, mm-hmm. and really and, and really being clear on what it is I need to get done. So part of you know, and I am a solopreneur, and I do have support team uh, virtual. But it's, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what is it that I need to be focused on at that particular time, either during the day or during the week. Uh, it might be uh, business development calls. It might be creativity in terms of developing a program or developing a presentation. So, you know, so one of the things that I, I am really masterful at is trying to figure out what is I need to get done and when's the best time during the day to get it done. Mm. And how do I show up with that productive mind so that, as an example, if I'm working on writing a blog, it doesn't take me five hours. It might only take me one hour because when I sit down, I'm ready to write, ready to go, and I maximize my time. Mm-hmm. So you know, one, one of the other things that I also appreciate about you, having met you in person, is that when you, when I think about somebody who has mastered productivity or has certainly written a book and knows an awful lot about it and tries to practice it in her own life, what I appreciate and also admire about you is that you are you seem like a pretty balanced human being. I mean, I don't I don't feel like this is a frenetic live wire person I'm talking with. You just kind of have this nice calm air about you. Well, I try. That's a, <laughs> I try to have that, but I, but underneath it, I do have the strong desire to get things done. Mm-hmm. And but I I don't have it in such a let's say type A personality. Yeah, that that's what I'm, I'm getting I'm, at. Yeah, exactly. That I'm just a crazed woman and you know on fire 100 percent of the time. You know, it's 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 one of those things of like, okay, I know when I'm at a networking event, like when I met you, it's time to just sit back, build relationship, and that was what was really most important at that point. But, you know, like, in, let's say a couple of hours later, after I met you, I'm back working on tasks, being very focused, and concentrating on what I need to get done. And not necessarily frenetic, but still calm and, you know, less on the anxiety to get things done. Mm-hmm. One of the things I really, really believe in that is that when we are anxious, or we're worried about all the things that we need to get done, we're less productive because our mind is like spinning and whirring and just kind of swirling around, um, and it gets in the way of us getting things done. Versus if we have the ability to just be calm, you know, think logically, have clarity, and just realize we can only get done step at a time, step at a time, um, we actually end up being much, much more productive. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we went there, Lauren, because one of the things I really wanted to be sure and pass on to our listeners is just the fact that you really that you can be incredibly productive, like you're talking about, without having to be a type A person. I really wanted to make sure that we got that across, because that's certainly how I sensed you and got you when we met. It's how you present yourself, and I think that's really an important point to make sure that we, we get across to our listeners, and you did it beautifully, so I'm glad we went there. Good, 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 good. Well, next, if you, if you would, I, I have to say I'm terribly intrigued. Uh, uh, 25 years with two Fortune 500 companies. Uh, can you say a bit about your career? Before you got into what you're doing today, I have to believe that I mean, this is a big part of your life. I'm sure you learned a ton. Um, tell us about that first career or those, that first part of your career, if you would. So the first part of the career was uh, working for a company that had a distribution network. We, were, we had business-type products. And my role was to help them build their business. And so they were 
like franchise owners, they were independent from our company, represented our products. But what was important to me when I began working with them was that there were about 35 that I was responsible in my territory to work with and help them build their business. And what I found, Elise, was some of them were very successful because they knew what they needed to get done and they got it done. And it was maybe 20% of the pack that did that. The other 80% were... Uh, let's say they kind of knew what they needed to do, but they were very disorganized with their time. They were very disorganized with their office, staff around them, etc. So one of my challenges early on, and this was in my 20s, late 20s, early 30s, was to work with these individuals and help them kind of sort out what was it that they needed to get clear about in their business. What were the result what were the results that we were looking for and what did they need to do or what did the resources around them need to do in order to get that done. So I kind of became known as a person that would, you know, help them get things done. I mean it was I was the go to person and they'd say, I've got this idea, Lauren, and this is what I want to do to help build my business. I want to call on this kind of market. I want to make these types of sales calls. I want to create these kind of marketing materials. What do you think? And I'd like, yeah, that's great, that's great. And then what would happen is like, okay, let's figure out what the strategy is, what's the plan as to how you're going to go get that done. What's your timeline? And at an early stage in my career, I really understood the concept of accountability. So with these people that I would work with, there were about 30 of them, and I was based out of the Bay Area, and you know, I would make my rounds and call on them and work with them, and it, it was, okay, we had this strategic plan in this time frame, we were going to get these things done, so where are you? Did you how'd, you how'd you do? Did you get you get done? And, you know, what results did you get? And some of them would say, you know, I, I got things done, and I was able to move the ball, and then there are times where people are like, eh, you know what, I got really distracted, I didn't get to it, and they, you know, were full of excuses. So we kind of go back and we try to figure it out again, well, how important was this goal and strategy? So that was, a, that was early on in my career where I began working with business owners as to what was it that they really, really wanted to get done. And, and I love your title of working on purpose because that was really what I was trying to get them to do was they showed up every day for work for their business but how can you work on purpose to get the results that you wanted? Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting as I listen to you talk, Lauren? One, first, I just have to ask a real quick side question. Where's the accent from? It sounds like it's from the Midwest. Ohio. Very uh-huh. good. I thought, you know, interestingly <laughs> enough, I worked with somebody years ago from Ohio, and I thought it might be. But Midwest, I knew. Um, how fun. Um, well, it strikes me, and you tell me if I'm on the right path here, it strikes me that that work that you were doing, maybe this is just who you are and your core or your fabric, but I don't know to what extent that has it really paved the way for what the work that you're doing today around productivity, or is it? do you feel like there's a connection that it was just building all along, or what do you think? Well, here's what I think. It, it was a connection because, you know, I am a focused individual. I uh, know that if I have clarity around what needs to get done, I'll go get it done. If I don't have clarity and I'm kind of confused, not sure, not confident, I'll hold back and not get things done. And so as I was working with these individuals that I just described, what I found was I ended up personally with a really long to-do list. 
And also, I found I was working a lot of hours in order to accomplish my job. And so I was working with them on productivity, but for me personally, I was not as strong with my own personal productivity to get things done. So it was, I, was, I was getting swamped, I was getting bogged down, and I was getting buried, and I was working a lot, a lot of hours to make that happen. So that's why it kind of the light bulb went on with me of saying, you know what, you shouldn't be working from 6 a.m. until you know, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. in order to get your job done. So it was, I needed to take the same suggestions I was making to them and apply it to my own world. And so that kind of began the process of how I looked at productivity and what was, you know, what were the results in, that I wanted to accomplish. One of the things that's unique about me as well is I can see the big picture on strategy, but I also can dive right down into the minutia. Mm. And so what, what came and so you know, so it's kind of small thinking but also big thinking. And what I found was getting in my way of my own personal productivity way back when, when I was working with those individuals, was the fact of I was involved in some minutiae and details that I really just, it didn't matter that I didn't need to get involved in. And so as I kind of let some of those details go, I was really better able to serve those individuals in the big picture that we were going after and not working mm-hmm. myself to death, if you will. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that I have to get into really quick here, uh, and then I want to hear a bit about how, how you started your company, your current company, but, you know, when you talk about how this productivity spilled over in the rest of your life, I do want to bring up and, and applaud the fact that you are a single mom with two kids in college. Um, so I I got to believe that part of your, your drive or your interest in getting on top of this productivity thing had to do with having a very successful big career and, oh, by the way, being a single mom. <laughs> It's definitely a challenge. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it goes back to that whole concept of life balance, and is there really a balance? Not sure. But it, 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 what it, it forces you to do, Elise, and I, and I know you can relate to this, is that you know, when you have a lot of things on your plate to get done, it really causes you to look at uh, how do I value my time? How do am I letting others waste my time? And or am I... Um, being vigilant with my time. And it, it really it became apparent that in order for me to get done what I needed to get done and still be the mom that I wanted to be to my two kids, I needed to figure that out. And, you know, I have a saying about um, time is it really is up to us all individually to work on our time skills. You know, nobody else is going to manage your time for you. Nobody else is going to put time for you back on the clock, if you will, if you wasted it or somebody else wasted it. You know, it's really, it's a skill that we all just need to be on top of because it is a precious commodity. And so, you know, it's, it's, it, it's one of those things of how do you get done what you need to get done but still remain sane at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I figured, you know, the mother, the invention is the mother of all necessity, or necessity is the mother of all invention, I guess, is, is what I've heard. And certainly I had to believe that you, you know, given your situation, it had to contribute to your, your ability to come up with what you've come up with around productivity and success. I mean, I, I mean it, it is, and I wanted to be sure and call that out to our listeners because I can bet that many of them t- can relate to what you have experienced and all those balls in the air. So um, an important part, I think, of your background to call into this equation. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's, well, you know, it's all part of our journey, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. It's really huge. Um, well, I read a little something in your book, but I want to make sure to give you a chance to talk about it for our listeners who haven't yet picked up your book. But, you know, you started your, your consultant company, um, Courage to Succeed Consulting, back in 2010. And I read a little bit about kind of where that name came from. But I, so I'd love to hear you talk about where did the name come from and why did you start the company? Very good. In 2010, I had uh, a fair amount of personal events that happened in a really, really short period of time. My mom was passing away from cancer. Ultimately, she did pass away in 2010. Uh, She was ill uh, uh, significantly with uh, colon cancer. And I was traveling traveling a lot for my corporate job at the time. Uh, My son had a serious injury to his leg. Family member had some issues with addiction. It was a lot of it was just kind of piling on top of me, and I felt really overwhelmed. And I think all of us, there's points in our life where we can point to and say, oh my gosh, I truly was overcome with being overwhelmed at that time. Mm-hmm. So part of, one of, part of the, the reasons that I, I started my company in 2010, July of 2010, was I was ready for a change. I was ready for the overwhelm to kind of go away, if you will. And I knew that I was on a crazy schedule and I, and I wasn't as fulfilled with that schedule and that work as I thought that I would be. And I thought, you know what? It was time to take a, a break and move away from corporate. Um, I'd always had the heart for the entrepreneur, had always worked with entrepreneurs um, in, as I said, you know, in the kind of the franchise-related uh, world. And I was like, you know what? It is time for me to make that change and make that switch. And when I came up with the name of the company called Courage to Succeed, it really was my mantra, if you will. It was my mantra to me of like, you know what? You need to have the courage to succeed because you've succeeded in almost everything that you've done in your life. Or if you failed, you learned from it and moved on. But it was one of those things that I I knew that those words just kept ringing true for me. And uh, uh, one, of the, one of the additional mantras was, you know, what matters most right now? And at the time, what mattered most right at that point in time was spending more time with my kids. And at that time, they were teenagers. And before they went off to college, I thought, well, this is the time for me to be at home to start my business and, and move forward with that. All right. Wow. I think a lot of listeners can appreciate that. And you put us just nicely for our first break here, Lauren. So hold your thought. We're going to talk more after the break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Lauren Midgley, who is a business consultant, author, and powerhouse professional speaker. She started her company, Courage to Succeed Consulting, in 2010 after a 25-year career with two Fortune 500 companies. She is a longtime observer and student of why some people are successful and others are not and keenly understands the role of productive plays in our lives. We've been talking about her earlier life and what went into this fascination of productivity. After the break, we're going to learn more about what she's learned about productivity and success. Stay with us. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. If you're just joining us, my guest is Lauren Midgley, who is a business consultant, author, and professional speaker, and the founder of the company Courage to Succeed Consulting. She has spent years studying why some people are successful and others are not, and knows productivity plays a huge part. She recently released her third book. It's 6 a.m. and I'm already behind. (laughs) 30 Strategies to Get Caught Up in a Crazy Busy World. Love that title, by the way. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. Let's pick where we left off. We were finishing your, your, your talk about really how you got started, some of your early career, and I want to get into really what, a bit about what you've learned about productivity and success, but before I do that first, Lauren, um, I want to hear a bit about your coaching program. I know you speak at conferences and events, um, but the coaching program is interesting to me. So what does it entail? What do you do? How do you work with people? So how I work with people is either, uh, there's two ways. One is uh, we'll do three strategic, very intense sessions that are probably two hours each. And, um, and, and the idea behind it, at least, is to identify, I kind of call it spot coaching, if you will, identify what's really bugging somebody with regard to their productivity and what results they're not getting that they want to get. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll do like three intense sessions in order to make, we get really laser-like focus on what's getting in the way, what do they need to do, who can help them, what ideas do they still need to find out about, i.e. research or something like that. And we, we come up with what's the, the game plan, if you will. And um, so I do that. And then the other type of coaching program that I do is with business owners who they want me um, basically to work with them on a month, monthly basis. I, I get embedded in their business. I meet with their staff. I understand what are their productivity challenges in the business. Um, but productivity really does relate back to people. So we dig in on you know, the team productivity, each person's individual personal productivity, and really try to understand what's not getting done that they want to get done. Um, and usually what they want to get done leads to either uh, revenue, profits, 
something along those areas or business growth or customer satisfaction, all those things come into play. So it's either what I call spot coaching or it's, you know, more of an ongoing type of thing. Mm-hmm. So what I'm also intrigued with there is it sounds like you really help people get unstuck. They, maybe they don't know where they're stuck or why, but it sounds like that's part of your process. Yes. Yes. Okay. And uh, I just, I have a give, I, I say that, you know, people have ideas, thoughts swirling around in their head. Oftentimes it's not down on paper in black and white. And through kind of interviewing and questioning, I pull it out of their head and we get it on paper and then we can really work with it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, as somebody who does some coaching as well, I can really appreciate that. But I was just really curious to see just how you ferreted yeah. that stuff out, especially considering how you're focused on the productivity space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I, I got to, for, for the sake of our listeners, who I know are probably also tuning in to get some pearls of wisdom from you here, um, I want to next to go into maybe some of the things that you've learned about productivity. Um, you've been studying successful people for a long time. Um, what have you learned? What are, what are some of the important things you've learned along the way? Why are some people successful and others aren't? Well, I think it relates to two key factors. There's probably many more, but I think, you know, big backdrop of two key things. One is people uh, that are productive, successful, and get a lot of things done, the right things, not necessarily, you know, a lot of things, just the, the right things, is that they have a belief that they can be productive, um, versus there's those that are like, oh, I'm a procrastinator, and they label themselves, and they, they cut themselves a lot of slack and allow them to have excuses. The productive people, the successful ones, they, they believe that, you know what, I've got uh, six hours today, I can get, you know, I can be very focused, and I can get these things done. So part of it is belief, and, and, and maybe you could translate that into more like what I would just call mindset. They have a mindset that um, they're unstoppable, that they're, they you know, list out what they want to do, and they go, they go after it, and they go get it done regardless. And the second area is that most successful people that are very productive take time to plan. And it might only be five minutes in the morning, it might be 15 minutes, it might be the night before, but they sit down and they quietly focus and concentrate of, okay, what's in my world that needs to get done in the, I call it the real near, you know, time horizon. So if, you know, they're planning the night before, they're looking at what can I get done in effect the next day? What, I mean, what's, you know, when I wake up tomorrow, what am I going to get started with? And they spend that time planning. Um, folks that don't, that are not as successful, they're a little bit more seat of the pants. They just, they just kind of take it as things come, and they don't really get as much done, quite frankly. Mm. You know, as you were talking about the, the mindset, the belief that, that people can be productive, I couldn't help coming over and thinking about Carol Dweck's work on the growth mindset. Yes. Uh, can you comment on that? Is it related to her work? Or tell me how you think there's a connection. Or um, Well, it, you know, it goes back to the fixed mindset or the, uh, the growth oh, mindset, right? Yep, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it's the growth mindset says, you know, what's possible? What can I possibly get done? The limited mindset says, oh, there's no way I can get all that done. Right? goes back yep. to the belief. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you read Carol Dweck. What do you think? What's, what's your take? 
Well, I think her work is great. I'm, I'm really quite intrigued with it. And I, I do think um, mindset is, I think, a huge, huge thing in people's lives. And I think it terribly governs so much of their happiness, their success, maybe even their relationships, right? Uh-huh. And, and I, so I'm very, very intrigued with her work. And as soon as you start, started talking about the belief system and mindset, I went to her work because, to me, there was some nice support and overlap there. And, and I, I wondered if you'd ever come across her work. So that's, that's just kind of one of those things that triggered in my mind as you were talking. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, the next thing, I mean, you know, all of us, all of us, right, we're juggling so many balls, and I, I know that productivity is such an important hot topic these days, but I'm also curious, I know you've done a lot of work with various kinds of clients. Obviously, we're not going to ask you to talk about that specifically because that's protected information, but I'd be curious to know, you know, what are some of the areas that impact our personal productivity? When you think about, you know, I, we've been talking about work stuff, but what about the personal realm? So, so I'll give an example, um, and I could share a, a client that I'm working with just in a general way, but, you know, when we started working on her intense kind of strategic sessions, she said, you know, this is going, you know, she had some issues going on at work, but then she said, you know, my home environment is kind of a disaster, I, you know, I know that I need to get things done, but I'd rather just sit on the couch, watch TV, or read a book, or do something different, and I, I'm surrounded by things I know that I need to get done, right? And then the second thing she talked about was her finances. She said, I, I know that I need to, you know, balance my checkbook, I need to work on my taxes, um, I need to, you know, organize receipts, and, she, and it was kind of one of those things where she was just talking about, here's another area. What happened was we began working on the home environment. So we were, you know, kind of began working in that space, if you will. And what happens, Elise, is when you begin to um, be, let's say, self-disciplined, productive mindset, it's amazing the other areas do get attention, even though, you're, you know, you're not thinking you're going to pay attention to them. It, you know, the home environment kind of gets cleaned up, the bills come in, they get more organized when they come through the front door uh, to be paid rather than just stacked in a pile. And so, it, you know, what's interesting is when you begin in one area, other areas improve as well, if that makes sense. It does, and I wondered if that's what you were going to say, the cascading effect. And part of the reason I thought to ask the question there, uh, Lauren, is because I was thinking about somebody that I interviewed from a meeting and work research. And one of the things that she said is that success was really important to her at work and productivity and results, et cetera, precisely because she did not feel that she enjoyed that on the home front. She didn't feel like that she was respected on the home front. And so the work was a domain that allowed her to shine and thrive. And so there was obviously, in her case, a severe disconnect. And so it got me thinking about how people can maybe compartmentalize, but also to the extent that, you know, there is an integration point at some level, right? right? (laughs) There is. There absolutely is. And so one of the things that I um, talk about is that I always like to ask somebody, what are you resisting? So in in your client's example, so work seems to be running pretty smoothly for her, right? But at home, things were not running as smoothly. And so it's like, well, what are you resisting at home that's causing that disconnect, if you will, right? And so you actually, you know, encourage individuals to look at it and say, why am I resisting this? Um, and, and said another way, uh, and a little bit more finite, is if somebody is telling me, oh, yeah, I create a to-do list, and I said, well, okay, well, tell me about your to-do list. How does that work? And they'll describe it. 
And I said, do you ever have situations where uh, an item on your to-do list, you know, will start out on Monday and it doesn't get done, and then you move it to Tuesday and it still doesn't get done, and then you move it to Wednesday and it still doesn't get done? And I said, well, how long do you go before it actually gets done? And, you know, sometimes the answer will be, well, sometimes it never gets done, right? Or, you know, I said, well, what do you do about that? And I said, can you put in what I call the resistance rule? And the resistance rule says, okay, I can move it three days max. Mm. And, then, and then I've got to stop and say, okay, what is it that I'm resisting about this? It, you know, there's, there's something else going on. Otherwise, normally, you would probably get that done, if that makes sense. It but does. Like, yeah, so it's like, okay, so what's your rule? Yeah, like, okay, it's like, okay, well, three days, and then I've got to look in the mirror, and I've got to say, Lauren, why are you resisting this? And it might be legitimate. It might be, well, I'm waiting for information from George before I can actually do it, or I'm waiting, you know, it's like there's, there might be a legitimate reason why you're not getting it done. But until you stop and ask yourself, you don't really know that. So it kind of goes back to mindset. Like, I want to get this done, but there's a reason why I'm resisting it. And so it's like, ask yourself why you're resisting it. Um, or something's not working for you from a productivity standpoint. Why are you resisting it? And, and guess what? Your subconscious knows, and it will answer it. But you've got to ask the question. I think that's brilliant, Lauren. I think it's really interesting that you've dissected it on that level because I think a lot of us just simply look at that and go, well, I just didn't get time for it. If we're not thinking about, about the fact that we ourselves may be the very reason we're not doing it, that we're actually, in fact, resisting it. I think that's just really interesting fodder for this conversation. No surprise, but a wonderful gem for me, so thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, another thing that I really want to ask is, you know, again, I find I think of myself as being fairly productive, but I am always looking for ways to make myself more productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bet, just given what you just said there, that I'm probably making some mistakes. And so, what are some of the mistakes that we make when it comes to productivity? Well, the, I, I always like to say the number one mistake I believe is um, it's called capacity, and it's the capacity of time. And I'll give you an example here, Elise. It would be that um, we believe we have more capacity to get things done than we probably really do. So let me give you an example. So today, I had three meetings set up before the call today, right, before our radio call. And so if I were to really look at those three meetings, um, the length of time of those meetings plus our hour together, in reality, my, let's call it work day, might only be about two or three hours, right? If I add up the, you know, the time of all those other appointments where I'm totally focused, you know, in that meeting with those individuals, et cetera. So if we're, where the fallacy or the myth is, is if we look at our day and we say, okay, it's, Wednesday as an example, uh, it's an eight-hour workday. The reality is it might not be really an eight-hour workday. Yes, we get you know those three appointments done, the radio show done, but in order for me to get real work done, uh, or said another way, taking things off of my to-do list to get things done, I might only have two or three hours. But what we do is we set ourselves up thinking that we can get a lot more done um, than we actually have time for. And so I like to say, what's really your capacity of time and how can you set it up so that you don't set yourself up to fail? Mm-hmm. So it's exactly like, okay, what I was thinking. 
Right. So it's like, okay, so I've got these three appointments. I've got the radio show. I really only have two or three hours of real time to get some things done that I need to concentrate on, emails, phone calls, et cetera, reports, that type of thing. Well, if, if, I, if I put too many things on my list, I'm going to get overwhelmed. So I really have to look at it and say, what realistically can I get done in those two or three hours, do it well, and feel good about it? There, I'm sure there's probably some other things that maybe it might be better that they get done on Thursday or Friday instead of trying to jam them in today on Wednesday. And I think that's the number one mistake that we do is we generally think we have more time available to us to get work done than we really do. Boy, you know what? You, you just sort of freed me, I think, there. Um, because I'm sure that I've, I've absolutely been making that mistake, and I fall victim to, oh, I've got all this time, and but in reality, I really don't. And I think that, that helps me tremendously right there. Um, a lovely gem. I know that I, you're not going to send me an invoice in the mail, I hope, for that. But. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. But, but, but here's, here's the part about, that, well, here's where I believe about productivity. I'm not one of those that says, okay, Elise, I want you to get you know, twice as much done today in half the time. Yep. I don't believe that. I, I believe it's each day presents itself to us. We, we all get things done each day. But here's my belief. At the end of the day, I want Elise to go to bed at night and say, you know what? It was a good day. I got the major things that I really needed to get done. I got them done. I did them well. And I got a few other things done as well. And I can go to sleep, I, I, as Elise, I can go to sleep and feel like I've had a good day, rather than the opposite of Elise going to bed saying, oh my gosh, here's all these things running through your head that you didn't get done, and you feel bad. I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to feel good. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, and I don't know if it's related, I, I have heard, I don't know much about this myself, but it seems to make sense to me, but I've heard that productivity impacts our health. Is that what you're getting at, or is this yes. related to that? Or, okay. Yes. Yep. Say more about that. So productivity, is it a matter of just having a good, healthy mindset and feeling good about what we've done, or is it more? Well, it's more because if, let's say, you have the feeling, as I once did when I worked in corporate, where I felt like I was always behind and I was never caught up. And I honestly, you know, and that's part of the title of the book was that I would go to bed at night and at 11 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, and I couldn't shut my mind down. And, you know, I'd wake up at three in the morning and I'd start thinking about my to-do list. And, And so, you know, so you're not as refreshed or rested the next day to be truly productive and, and really having your energy uh, you know, sapped, if you will. And so ultimately, you, you know, you've got stress that's coming as a result of that. You've got the feeling of overwhelm. You might have some guilt. You might have some frustration. And, and ultimately, you know, that does manifest itself in some fashion in your health. Okay. That makes sense to me. And uh, again, nice way to situate us for a break. Speaking, speaking of health, we're going to take a quick little mental health break here. <laughs> I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Lauren Midgley, who is a business consultant, author, and professional speaker. She started her company called Courage to Succeed Consulting in 2010 after a 25-year career with two Fortune 500 companies. She is a longtime observer and student of why some people are successful and others are not, and keenly understands the role of productivity plays in our lives. After the break, I'm going to ask her to share some from her book and really help us understand the pearls about some of her strategies for getting caught up. Stay with us. 
Find us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Want more positivity in your life? Are you ready to get healthy, happy, and energized? Join the Stella Donna Goddess Gals, Cynthia Bryan, and Heather Brittany for a power hour of stimulating, supportive conversation on Star Style. Be the star you are. A lineup of best-selling authors, celebrities, and experts. Join the effervescent mother-daughter dynamic duo in this upbeat, positive, life-changing talk radio playground. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, Wednesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Lend us your ears. It's power time. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. Thanks for staying with us, and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. If you're just joining us, my guest is Lauren Midgley, who is a business consultant, author, and professional speaker, and the founder of a company called Courage to Succeed Consulting. She has spent years studying why some people are successful and others are not, and knows productivity plays a great, huge part in that. She recently released her third book called It's 6 a.m. and I'm Already Behind, 30 Strategies to Get Caught Up in a Crazy Busy World. We've been talking a bit about what she's learned about productivity, what she knows about it. And now for this last segment, I really want to get us to focus on maybe letting you give us some pearls from that book you've written. And before we get that, I first have to ask, you know, why did you write the book? I mean, it's a big endeavor. I know that you're you're old hat at this. You've gotten two books under your belt already. But first, why did you write this latest book? Well, it's it's interesting. I I wrote the book because a lot of conversations with people about the various strategies, and I thought, wouldn't it be nice if it was all in one collection, if you will, uh, of some? Here's the idea, uh, and it's you know, it's not time management. It's really more about how to get that productive mindset. And I give an example and kind of, you know, poke the reader for some action items for them as well. So I thought it would be great to just provide some clarity on it. 
Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I think a lot of us can totally relate to what you said about just constantly feeling overwhelmed and always behind the eight ball and, oh my gosh, never can move fast enough to get it all done. I know I can relate to that. And again, I think of myself as a pretty productive person. So I, I, I got to believe that you're finding some pretty good resonance and, and reception in this work in these crazy busy times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Well, I have the book in front of me, but I want to see, I mean, I, I thought it'd be kind of fun is if we could spend this last bit of time together just talking through some of these strategies and helping us understand maybe how to employ them, how to use them, if you've got any examples to help bring them to life. That's kind of how I thought we could finish the show today. Is that cool awesome. with you? I'd love to, love to. Okay. okay. Let, me jump, let me jump right in. So one of my favorite ones, and it's interesting, Elise, I've, I've recently spoken some, to some groups and asked them if they were familiar with this concept, and a lot of people were not. And so I want to really put it as our number one, and that is uh, it's the concept called time boxing. And it is strategy six in the book. But what it is is that you would take a... Um, allocate a fixed period of time in your calendar to a planned activity. And the idea is is to uh, you know, put that into your calendar and absolutely honor, honor it and kind of box the time to say, this is what I'm going to do. And the way that I've practically worked with people, for example, is to say, all right, Elise, on Sunday night, I want you to think about four kind of medium-sized things things that are really, really important to you that you need to get done in this upcoming week. And what I want you to do is I want you to look at your calendar, look at the you know existing meetings that you have or existing commitments that you have, and I want you to look for some open spaces. And I want you to think about those four things that you really want to dedicate some time to it. So maybe it might be writing a blog. It might be um, that you need to uh, make some concerted effort on making some phone calls to a certain segment of your market or something like that. Just something that you, again, may have been resisting, whatever, but four things. And I want you to block out some time. It could be 30 minutes to 90 minutes, four times within your calendar. And I want you to actually do that for a couple of weeks running just to see how it works for you. And the time boxing, I want you to honor it so that, in fact, that when that time comes, you're ready to go. So, example, if you're writing a blog, that you are, you know, you're in front of your computer, you've got some things, uh, some ideas in front of you, um, the door's closed, the do not disturb's on there, your phone's off, I mean, all those things that might distract you. And, and just be totally focused and concentrated. And I can assure you, if you pick four of those things in your calendar and you walk into it with a productive mind, you will be amazed on how much you can get done with that. Uh, and again, it really relates to focus and concentration. I love that. I'm totally going to use that. And here's what's interesting about what you just said there. Um, it sounds to me like you're, you're making and honoring an appointment with yourself. You honor all the other appointments. You and I, when we put together something on the telephone, we honor that appointment. We have the call. We do it. Here's what I love about what you did, and you've taken my world just a little bit further. I do tend to write at the top of the day of my, my calendar what it is that I want to accomplish that day. Mm-hmm. What I'm not doing is I'm not boxing it into a time and then devoting myself to that. And on top of that, I can tell you that I'm not, I'm not really honoring that. I let myself wander. I try to multitask. Mm-hmm. I notice my email, I, whatever it is. And I think I can totally add that to my repertoire, and I know that will make a big difference, so thank you. 
I'll take it. One, one, one PS to that. If, and, and I'm just going to use writing a blog as an example. So if you have a blocked out hour and you, let's say you've got a busy week all around that one hour, you know, let's say, uh, you know, before, after, you know, following days, et cetera, what it does is it says, okay, this is your time, Elise, to get this done. Mm-hmm. And it, so it sets the pace, if you will, in your mind as a productive mindset. This is my time. This is my time to shine and get this done. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, okay. so it's like, because then you're not going to fool around, you're not going to get distracted, all that good stuff that we, that we all do. <laughs> yeah, so. absolutely. So that takes me, and you've just kind of uh, gave me a great segue into strategy number 12, which is promises to yourself. And this really is um, a, a key thing. It kind of goes along with that time boxing, but making and keeping your promises to yourself. Because what happens is we start out with good intentions. And I'll give you an example of a client that I'm working with right now. Uh, what she found was she actually likes kickboxing. So she bought kickboxing for a year at this local gym to help her get the commitment. And, um, and her promise to herself was that she was going to go three times a week. And what happened was she stopped, you know, she liked it, but then it was two times a week, and then it was one time a week, and so it, it, it you know, she, she relaxed it on herself, and she didn't keep her promise to herself. And so I was like, well, let's go back, you know, let's go back to the, the, all the benefits of why you, you know, did that, uh, took that action of, you know, honoring uh, yourself and, and wanting to do the kickboxing. And uh, so to you know, honor that promise because sometimes we don't and sometimes we actually need to write down what are our promises to ourselves. I love that too because I think sometimes we put ourselves last on the list yes. instead of maybe we're, we need to be maybe either if not the top of the list then somewhere at the top. Yep, and the byproduct was by doing the kickboxing, she actually was more productive on her other stuff because she felt good. She felt, you know, she had, you know, the endorphins and all that that you get from exercising. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would okay. be lost with that exercise. Yes, yes. May I roll into number three, which is uh, um, my strategy in the book called number 18, and it's called Balancing the Proactive and the Reactive Day. And so in, in our worlds, sometimes we have jobs where we are very reactive, um, where we don't have a choice or we don't have control over our time. And I'm thinking about um, some people that I've worked with in the past where they were the front line, they answered the phone all day, and if they had any time to themselves during their workday, it might be an hour or two where they actually had control over their schedule. Mm. Uh, and so it's, so it's like knowing how much of your day is proactive where you really do have control over it versus times where you have to be reactive, and it's just that's the way it is. And so I bring this to everyone's attention because it's saying during that proactive time where you've got control over your schedule, you know, pick the best things that you need to get done during that time and stay focused with it, if that makes, if that makes sense. It does, and here's what I also like about that. I like the fact that you've chunked out proactive versus reactive because proactive to me speaks to this is the stuff that I want to make sure and get done right. versus the reactive, which is everybody allowing what, what happens all too often, I think, allowing everybody else to run over our days, and then all of a sudden the stuff that we need to get done is second fiddle. Yeah. I think even just, just labeling those two buckets is incredibly useful. 
Yeah, an example, there's a uh, gentleman I've worked with, he had a report that he had to do on a Monday, every Monday for his boss. And, it, and if he did it with uh, focused time, it took him 45 minutes to get it done. If he tried to work on it all day long and, you know, kind of squeeze it in between phone calls, emails, meetings, et cetera, et cetera, it would take him all day. And if he added it all up, it would probably be about three hours if he really, you know, added up the time because he kept having to start and stop. So my comment and question to him was, could you do that report first thing in the morning before you know, either you know come in early uh, and leave early, but come in early when nobody's there so that it only took you 45 minutes rather than, let's say, three hours trying to get it done all day long? And, and he ultimately ended up doing that because it was like a much better use of his time, and it actually took less time to be focused and concentrated. You know, Lauren, that makes me wonder, and I'd love your take on this. I, I've heard and that you, that you really can't effectively multitask. What do you think about that? I totally agree. One task mm-hmm. at a time. Yeah. And because what you need is the focus and the concentration, and when you have that, and back to what we were talking about earlier, where you've got a really calm mind and a productive mindset, then you can get it done. Um, but if you're frenetic, anxious, uh, and you know, trying to do too many things at once, you're really not doing your best work and you're not, you're not getting it done and it really actually takes longer. Mm. I have to say, when I first heard that, I, I was like very dis- discouraged because I thought I did multitasking well. <laughs> yes. But, but in, in reality, I, I do understand very much the importance of focus and the beauty of focus. I, I really do get that. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, for, uh, no, strategy number four, uh, or the fourth strategy we're going to talk about today is in the book Strategy 23, and it's um, using small bits of time effectively. And when we were on break, when you had two minutes, it, you made a comment, and I so believe this. It's amazing how much you can get done in two to five minutes. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes we let the two to five minutes slip by, and we're not thinking about it. Uh, and so those small tasks don't get done, they pile up. So one of the things um, that I, I truly believe in is that suppose you had, I don't know, let's say 15, 20 minutes available to you, go back, look at some of the things that were just the small, quick, quick response, quick things that you can get done where you could, in a 20-minute period of time, you might be able to knock out four, six, ten things that off that to-do list that are just quick hits that don't require a lot of thought, might be more routine, that you can just get done. And, you know, taking that 20-minute period of time just to, you know, use those little bits and and, uh, amalgamate them or blend them together to get that stuff done. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that. And I guess what I would also say about that that strikes me is just being very mindful about the time that you have, being present. Yes, yes. And, and I, I, uh, when I'm speaking, sometimes I talk about that uh, oftentimes we sleepwalk through life, meaning we wake up, we're like, okay, I need to be at the office at, you know, 8.30, and I need to leave at 5, and, you know, I look at my, uh, my email, and it kind of dictates what I'm going to do today, and we just kind of sleepwalk through life and not being intentional and focused on what we want to get done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have time for maybe one more strategy, and then I have one more question I want to ask you, if if you have something else you want to share. Great. Uh, Strategy number 28, and it's what I call adopt a five-minute nighttime ritual. I was hoping you would talk about that one. I'm interested. Go for it. 
Good, 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 good. So it's it's really um, this is spending the five minutes to reflect on what you know what you've accomplished today. Again, thinking about it's been a good day. I've got you know I've gotten some great things done that I needed to accomplish done, but then setting yourself up for the next day in terms of what is it that I really need to think about and get done tomorrow. And by doing it for five minutes or, you know, spending a little bit of time the night before, you're actually planting the seed in the subconscious mind of saying, okay, here's, here's what I want to work on tomorrow. And so that, you know, you've got, you've got those things ready to go when you wake up. I like it. I love that a lot. In fact, I'm going to totally grab that one as well, and that makes so much sense to me. I don't do that. I don't write it down. I think about it, and then it overtakes my mind, so I'm going to add that to it. Mm-hmm. We are pretty much out of time here, Lauren, but I just want to give you the chance. I want to just be able to say thank you to you for being on the show, sharing your wisdom with such elegance and grace. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate being on. Yeah, I really learned a lot from you, and I think our listeners will as well. And I want to make sure and give them, I want to direct the listeners really quick as to where to find you. So if you want to learn more about Lauren and her work, please visit her website. It's laurenmidgley.com. Let me spell that for you. It's L-A-U-R-E-N-M-I-D-G-L-E-Y.com. Appreciate very much this conversation about productivity. I feel more productive already. Uh, next week will be with us with um, Bob Hopkins, who's going to talk about igniting passion and purpose in children across the globe via volunteerism. He's got some really interesting ideas about why that's a good idea, how to make it work, and what the amazing results will be when we do this on a, on a much larger scale than he already is doing. Promise to be interesting. So join us next week, and remember that work is one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.